Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, welcome to the Lives of Kurtz podcast. On today's episode, we're discussing learning difference. And so this podcast is for parents whose children who have already been diagnosed. And if you're still struggling and think your child might have a learning difference and don't know what to do or where to turn, there is a process to follow to get them the help they need. And I will detail that in the next week's podcast. So um, you might want to listen to this in reverse, but I just wanted to let you know that there are resources for both cases. So um, getting back, when you're a parent of a child with a learning difference or learning disability, there is an extreme learning curve. And it can be overwhelming and scary at times, even when they've just been diagnosed or seven years later and you're still wondering, why is this happening? And often I think there is overwhelm in the unknowns. So you don't know what this means for your child. Will they always struggle? Will they be unable to cut it in school, in college, in life, in their career? And sometimes we find ourselves at the end of our ropes. We're arguing over homework and missed assignments or even forgetting your homework at, um, at school. And I can tell you that we so many of us have been there children who struggle with production and executive functioning are often blamed for having poor time management at best they're labeled procrastinators at worst they're labeled lazy and unmotivated and just a, a troublemaker and it's it's a situation fraught with um pain and frustration for both students and parents. Can you imagine being told time and time again, you're not good enough, that your trying hard doesn't stack up? And so not only are we dealing with the external expectations for our sweet students, we are also dealing with the emotional ramifications of what the symptomology or what the what the presentation looks like in these kid in these kids. So just to take it, um, just to give you the overview, we know that learning disabilities are neurologically based processing problems. These processing problems can interfere with learning basic skills such as reading, writing, and math. They can also interfere with our higher level skills such as organization, time planning, reasoning, longer short-term memory, and attention. Whew. It's important to realize that learning disabilities can affect an individual's life beyond academics. And that's what I think is most important is that we have expectations and accommodations for these students in the classroom. But what does that look like outside of the classroom? And how their um, 
there are specific learning differences or disabilities impact relationships with their family, their friends, in the workplaces. So to be clear, um, I also um, talk about learning disabilities, and that is um, the DSM-5 identifies a learning disability or specific learning um, disabilities, anything from dyslexia, dyscalculia, encompassing difficulties from reading fluency to comprehension to math and problem solving. Um, These include dyslexia, um, problems in reading, dysgraphia, difficulties in writing, and dyscalculia, difficulties in math, dyspraxia. So we will, in another podcast, go through each of these and what that looks like and what it means for each child, knowing that these can be comorbid conditions and often are. Um, But I just want to give you a brief overview. And um, we also have a resource um, that you can um, refer to to look at these in in greater detail. But I often use the term learning differences. Um, and I want you to know that it is not a diagnostic term and doesn't appear in the psychoeducational eval or anybody's 504 IEP, the individualized or individual education plan. I choose to use learning differences because it feels more um, empowering to me as someone with a learning disability. Um, I just choose to learn that term. I, I just choose to use that terminology. It's important to note that in our um, learning disability framework, ADHD is not included. Um, So executive functioning skills that I would see as issues around ADHD refer to the processes in the brain that control the behavior and enable things to get done efficiently and effectively. So learning disabilities should not be confused with problems which are the result of visual, hearing, motor handicaps, of intellectual disability, of emotional disturbances, or, or even like environmental culture and economic disadvantages. I also want to be clear that autism is not a learning disability. Autism and learning disabilities often co-occur, but it itself is not. And people we know, generally speaking, um, people with learning disabilities are of average to oftentimes above average intelligence. There often appears to be a gap in their potential and their actual achievement. This is why learning disabilities are often referred to as hidden disabilities. The person looks normal and seems to be very bright and intelligent, and so you don't understand, you can't tell by looking at them, um, that they are unable to perform specific tasks expected from someone of a similar age. We know that learning disabilities, and as a parent, you see this, you might have one child with dyslexia, but it might be a mild presentation and another child with severe dyslexia. And that, um, they vary from person to person. So one person may not have the same kind of learning problems or even the severity levels. 
And researchers now, and we will get to this uh, um, on the research around learning disorders, um, learning disabilities, or learning differences, think that they're caused in how a person's brain develops, the genetic background, how it processes information. It is so clear that children with learning disabilities are not dumb or lazy their brains and my brain just processes the information dis differently. And there is no cure for learning disabilities. And that's the hardest part. They are lifelong. But I want you to know, and I'm here to tell you, that children with learning differences can and oftentimes are high achievers and can be taught the hacks or ways to to learn differently, um, to help them process and help them learn and help them understand. With the right help, these children can and do everything that a learning able person can do. But we also have to help our sweet children and students. We wouldn't send them to school without their eyeglasses, except in my case, we often do send Henry to school without his eyeglasses because we lose them so much, right? But we give them the tools and the accommodations in this case to help them do what is best in school. So with that, there are three federal laws that apply to students with learning disabilities. One is um, the Americans with Disabilities Act, first enact enacted in 1990 and then was updated in 2008. And it prohibits unjustified discrimination based on ability. It's meant to level the playing field um, for people with disabilities, including those who have specific learning um, disabilities or disorders, which, are, which could be dyslexia. So then we also have the IDEA, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act in education, um, enacted in 1975, and then was updated in 1990, and then again in 2004, and it's designed to ensure that these students with disabilities are a provided with free, appropriate public education tailored to their specific needs. And one of the laws is that students with a disability are entitled to an individualized education program, or the IEP that spells out the services that should be provided. The, the law indicates 14 different categories to define students with a disability um, that should be guaranteed, and that is one of the categories is specific learning disability, SLD, which dyslexia cited as an example. And then we have also, so Section 405 um, of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, and this is frequently applied to cases where the student may not be provided with an IEP, yet may require accommodation. So that's where we see um, our ADHD cases falling. And so when we look at the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act and education, um, it includes a def definitions for specific learning disability. So it is um, that general. Then we also know that there are disorders not included. And so they could be a result of emotional disturbance, of um, struggling um, with uh, ADHD or executive processing, but not necessarily within that. 
So if your child has unexpected problems, learning to read, write, listen, speak, do math, then teachers and parents may want to investigate more. And the same is true if a child is struggling with those, all these skills that we expect them to know. Um, and we will go through in next week's podcast um, the, the, I guess, the steps to, to ask for your child to be evaluated um, and also to, to find outside um, evaluation if that's appropriate for your family. Okay, so what can you do as a parent? It's so overwhelming to receive the diagnosis. And, and you really have to almost recognize what um, you had expected that your child would become and would be and recognize that you still have this beautiful child who is trying the best they can. We don't fully appreciate the challenges that these students have to go through. We don't appreciate the challenges that these children have to address and overcome and the obstacles that are put in their way in their everyday lives. From trying to process and quickly write down what's written on the board so that they won't be in trouble for not filling out their agenda, to trying to um, keep up with a conversation with children if they have auditory processing issues, which often um, go hand in hand with our um, specific learning disabilities, to trying to um, do remember the steps of what is required of them when they're doing chores or homework or filling out a worksheet. So um, they, we know that these children and youth need support at home as well in school. I want you to think about these few suggestions, knowing that there are many more, but these are just some things to consider. So first, it would be to learn about learning differences. It's such a confusing world out there full of terms and additional responsibilities and tasks that don't always make sense. My graduate degree was in um, developmental psych and still I am overwhelmed by the amount of information, conflicting reports, even how to deal with my child sometimes when I'm overwhelmed and it is a daily battle to, to help keep up and support his executive functioning um, challenges. There are now, now many excellent resources to parents. We've listed several on our learning differences resource list, which I will link to in the podcast notes, or you can go to livesofcourage.com to find that. But I hope you will take some time to learn about executive processing issues, which we'll do a podcast on that three weeks from now. But I also want to remind you that learning disabilities and learning differences are not a result of, of your bad parenting. And sometimes that's a very hard to remember that if you don't just, you know, keep on top of it, they'll suddenly outgrow this and be cured. It doesn't work that way. And I think as a parent of a learning different child, that's the hardest thing to remember 
because I feel like it's something that I've done. Well, actually I have, it's my genetic gift to him, right? But um, I know, and it, it moves to our second recommendation, um, is to build your child's island of competence. So I know that what I am giving to him is a recognition of who he is and what he does really, really well. It's really the focus on developing their growth mindset. Children with learning differences are very good at so many things. Find out what your child really enjoys doing, such as dancing, playing soccer, riding their scooter, their volunteering. And so you then give your child plenty of opportunities to pursue that strength, that talent, and then reinforce, reinforce, reinforce. It's almost like you're just continually building the idea that we are good at so many things. Sometimes we only focus on what we don't do, what we are unable to do, and we don't see that the list of what we can do is so long, and that reading and math and um, writing is just one aspect, but it is a big aspect of what we are expected to do in school but that we have so many skills. And as parents, we help our children celebrate those skills. So also we help our children learn about their brains. We educate them on what it means for how they learn best and how they advocate for themselves in the classroom. You constantly remind them that you are always in their court. Now, while my son doesn't always understand that there are expectations and boundaries, um, but I always am seeking the best for him. And we have to remind him of that um, <laughs> weekly. So um, when, when we expect him to do things and he thinks that, you know, as every child, it's not just learning different children. It is every child who wants to see where they end and where the rules begin and the, the structure of their day and of their expectations. I also want to point out here that researchers have found that the ability to reflect upon your learning and behavior is important and is well, really a critical component in developing the self-esteem awareness required to use effective strategies to support a, a, a developing brain. So we call this metacognition, thinking about thinking. So with this increased metacognition, we find that is where we can change behavior. But it is a long process. We know that it is hard for us as adults to think about our thinking. It, it's it is very challenging. So that's just a process. Um, we, I think number three, I start making up numbers, um, is to assist your child in setting up an organization system that works for them. Help them organize items or do this for younger children. Just do it for them and tell them and help get their input, of course. But um, we work and show them how the system 
happens, how it's updated and maintained. It's working with them on their calendar. It's letting them know that homework is a priority and you will do what you can to create a calming atmosphere. And next, I want you um, to think about meeting with representatives from your child's school and establishing healthy lines of communication and support to address your child's needs. You get to research what accommodations are appropriate and remember, you are your child's best advocate. I also think, think it's incredibly important to learn from other parents whose children have learning differences. Seek out websites, Facebook groups, therapy, coaching, anything to remind you that you are not alone. And finally, give yourself and your child extra compassion and care. It is not always easy. Pay attention to your child's mental health and your own. If needed, seek services to help your child deal with the frustration, the overwhelm of, of being different, of struggling every day in school. Um, really services to develop a healthy self-esteem and to learn more about social skills. There are many options for this um, and, and a lot of that depends on you and your child and what is necessary and helpful for you individually and you as a family. So I have several, I have a resource list, I have um, of websites that I think are very helpful for learning differences. I always recommend understood.org. It is such a fantastic um, resource and website um, for any, uh, every learning difference. But I also have another, um, a, free download um, to, to get um, that has a list of those resources. And then my other free download for this podcast is tips and resources for parents of children with learning differences. And that has what we say. I want you to consider what you can do this week um, for that fun homework piece to really, um, really support yourself during this time and think about what is helpful and what you need to best support your child. So in next week's podcast, I want us to think about what it might be if our child is struggling and what where we turn and what we do. We don't just have to wait until our child children start failing. And um, that wait to fail is so unhelpful. We know early intervention is key. So I hope you'll join me next week. Again, thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a very courageous week. Enjoy. Um, thanks so much for listening to Lives of Courage. Have a great week. Bye.